When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail cheaters and welcome to the I Was Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? The time has come, Josh, for our official team previews. We usually do this earlier in the preseason, but I don't know. Is it just me or is the transfer market just sort of like slowly creaking along? We felt yeah. like, let's wait a few more weeks to do our team previews. Like Jamie Piggott, world number one last season, was kind enough to come on last week. We've had a lot of other preseason content, but now, yeah. Josh... The rubber is going to hit the road, yeah? I think so. I mean, I think that, and you know, that to me is I, it's how I approach my own, you know, when I'm, when I'm preparing for a new fantasy season. Yeah. I feel like that's what my, my goal is to, is to slowly narrow the scope, you know? Like, that's why I'm not, I'm not huge on making drafts and, and, and trying out different versions of my team because I, I really want to just learn as much as I can. And then from there, I can sort of narrow it down and figure out who I really want as opposed to seeing it as a puzzle, you know, to like, I, I want to, ultimately it is a puzzle maybe, but like early yeah. on, it's like, I want to like figure out what game I've been playing or something. Yeah, like sure, sure, like sure. mixing sure. my metaphors here. But you, <laughs> no, there's a funnel, right? Yeah. The, uh, your yeah. FPL management style starts as a funnel. It's big to start. And then we narrow down and uh, we, we tried this uh, for the first time last preseason with our team previews. You know, we used to years ago do A to Z, you know, start yeah. with Arsenal, team preview, et cetera. Uh, a twist that we started last season was let's do our team previews in a predicted end of season table rank yeah. order. So yeah. not only are we uh, sizing up Jack Colback's prospects for the 22, mm-hmm. 23 season, we're going to tell you where we also think Nottingham forest is going to finish this season. Yeah. And uh, I feel like the two, two caveats apply. You know, one is that we don't know what we're talking about in terms of table finish. Uh, and two is that, and this is an important one. Okay. I'm putting mm-hmm. it right at the top of the podcast here, Brandon, your team, the team that you support, you, the listener know more about that team than we <laughs> yeah, do. Okay. Right, right, right. I fully admit that for the other 19, <laughs> you might learn something for your team. You're going to hate our preview and discussion because you know more than us. That's, that's a given. And I feel like every year we do these podcasts and someone pops out and is like, I cannot believe that's, you know, that's where you think. Um, that's where you, you know, that, that's how you think Jack Harrison's going to do, uh, you know, whatever. Mercy and Bacani is never going to play in the nine. You're a fool. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. This is, yeah. it's a life lesson, Josh, you know, listen to other people, even those who are, have, <laughs> have wrong, were wrong. <laughs> there is still an opportunity for you to learn. So, yeah. and, and I'm saying this to you, Josh, as well, for those people that are going to tweet at you that you're wrong, maybe mm-hmm. you can learn something from that. That's true. Now I just ignore them. You know, that's the other way to go. Uh, so we're going to get into that. We're going to do uh, teams 11. Basically, we're going to start with the three the three things, that, the three teams that we think will be relegated, right? So the, our, mm-hmm. our 23 team will go all the way up to the 11th place team, mm-hmm. uh, the team that we predict will finish in 11th. And then 
in our part two, which will be recorded live in Las Vegas, Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, on Friday, we will go 10 to 1. So we'll finish our countdown uh, of our 20-team preview later this week. Brandon, before we get into our team previews, just a quick question for you. You know, I talked about tinker with my squad. I have started to do it a little bit, uh, mostly because I, I went in a couple of pods and I felt like I had to sound semi-competent about my mm-hmm. my, my team before I did that. Um, have you, um, you know, have you been tinkering? Has Have the recent, mm-hmm. uh, any of the friendlies, there's been a lot of U.S.-based friendlies happening the last few days. Has any of that changed your mind in anything? Yeah, it has. Uh, I mean, the Holland Kane debate is is still raging, and uh, Kane has is, is been scoring in multiple preseason matches. So I've gone Kane, but the Holland conversation now becomes the Grealish conversation for me. In my current FPL draft, I've gone Jack Grealish. Now this is okay. a classic, you know, two weeks before the deadline uh, flight of fancy with Jack mm-hmm. Grealish. But I don't know. I, I feel like. I feel like there are a lot of great attacks that are showing themselves in the preseason. Arsenal just look, I'm salivating over everybody. Yeah, they've been in terrific. The front six yeah. for this team. So, 4 0 win over, yeah. over Chelsea, right? Really impressive uh, performance. Yeah. And, and so, where does that leave you with Chelsea? Because I don't have, I actually have Mendy in my squad. And that's like a, you know, we, we come back to the EO discussion, the effective ownership across yeah. all the managers week in, week out. But um, I'm just not tempted to have a single Chelsea player to start the season. I'm starting to just mentally like get myself in a place where I could have a 5.5 million. Uh, goalkeeper and I, I'm really considering Ederson right now which is yeah. um, I don't think I've ever started a fantasy season with the premium keeper. maybe my first year when I didn't know what I was doing but I I have very rarely done that but you know I, I think and it's interesting as you'll see when we go through our team previews right now I think that the a lot of the teams in the bottom half of the table are too expensive and a lot of the teams in the top of the table at the top half of the table are too cheap um, and I think it's creating some dilemmas where you almost have no choice but to go, you know, with some with some of these top players, especially especially when it comes to defenders. Like there's just so right. many appealing options that you can afford. So when you say the teams at the top of the table are too cheap, that you mean they're too cheap to not have in your squad. As exactly, to- exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard to resist owning some of these players when yeah. when you can get them. I mean, yeah, I mean, just look at their point tallies last season and compare it. Like you know, especially again when it comes to defenders, look at their point tallies last season and compare them to the point tallies of some of these 5.5 6 million players that you're considering you know mm-hmm. in the in the midfield ranks especially it's mm-hmm. just it, it just seems very clear that you're better off allocating that money in that spot and you know it's like i don't i feel like this preseason's been like a slow like like a, a slow winding road where I end up having five at the back, Brandon. I don't want to do it. I have been like adamant that I won't do it on this podcast, but yeah. I, I can at least see an argument for it now. I, I ultimately think I'm still not going to end up that way. I think, yeah. I think like a four, a four, four, three, four, four, two still feels like where, where I end up. But I, I have kind of already put myself in a spot where mentally I have gone from, I did a three, four, three draft for a long time. And now I, I, every version I've done, I've had four defenders. Yeah, the three up front is is really because we are and continue to be so excited about the attacking options. You're the but, forward. 
trademark. Yeah. Always cheating. But the ones that you want, ideally, right right now, if you had to pick your top three strikers, it would be Kane, Holland, and Jesus. And there's just really no way in my mind, and I've seen plenty of sample drafts where people have done this, but you know their bench is uh, yeah. invisible. There's lots of other cracks in their team. I'm not, I'm not a believer in the the ability to truly do three up front the way I'd kind of like to and still and have Salah, right? And still have Salah, precisely. So you, and that's a whole other debate that we I'm happy to have. Uh, so if you if you want to start with Salah and one of Kane or Holland, I think where that is part of the argument that's pushing us toward four and possibly five at the back. It's, it's, you know, part, yeah, there's really great value in these premium defenders, but also there's no way to yeah. really mess up your squad by trying to go really heavy up top. Yeah. We don't really have that Ivan Tony type player this year. Do we? Ivan Tony came into last season. Everyone was really excited about him. He, as well, well you know, sneak preview, Brandon, he, he appears in this week's podcast. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I feel like Mitro would be that one, but because this is Mitro's third, yeah. third time out of five seasons, in the premier league in the last two didn't work out. It's hard to get excited about him. Right? Ivan Tony was I, yeah. fun, right? Because yeah. a lot of us who don't follow Brentford or follow the championship terribly closely didn't. And, and t- Tony yeah. really only had that one great season with Brentford uh, yep. leading into their promotion. So just to see this guy, we're like, what's he all about? Sure, I'll put him on my team. Yeah. And Mitro, yeah, no, we know what he's all about. We kind of know what Fulham is all about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, we're just like dropping little uh, nuggets of <laughs> sneak previews. Uh, uh, previews Who would have thought that Fulham would be in our top, the bottom half of the table here, Brandon? This is a. Uh, oh, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just kind of, um, it's it's very, I mean, there are a lot of forwards in that six, seven million range. I mean, we didn't, we're not even talking about Nunez, right? Who, who scored four goals mm-hmm. uh, in a friendly last week. And, um, and he's just sort of not even really, First of all, it's hard to fit in, you know, and it's, it's and especially because there's so many Liverpool players that we all want. It makes it even even, even harder to fit them in, right? Because you look mm-hmm. at Luis Diaz and, and Robertson and, of course, Trent and, and Mo Salah. You know, there's just a lot. There's it's like, Nunez almost feels like he's like kind of the fifth place player. Yeah. He's more expensive than those other uh, three of those other four. He's he he is exactly what Roberto Firmino was, a great player <laughs> yeah. who will be the forgotten <laughs> yeah. FPL asset. I mean, who knows, right? Because I think he could turn into mm-hmm. – it's hard because I hope for, so. Yeah, me too. I mean, because Firmino was the great, the great unselfish player, mm-hmm. and uh, if Nunez is like a more selfish Firmino, then then that's that's a pretty valuable, that's cool. you know, fantasy asset for sure. So, um, all right. So yeah, I think I think we're both sort of trucking along here. I think you know. So just a you know quick uh, update though. I, I mentioned Vegas before. We're we're heading to Vegas uh, this Thursday. We'll be there. Uh, Friday and Saturday recording at Blue Wire Studios, which is uh, in, it's in the Wynn Hotel. So mm-hmm. if you're in the lobby of the Wynn Hotel on Friday and Saturday, you can walk by and wave hello. It's 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 it's, it's going to be like we're in Times Square, our little version of it. Except you're, except you're going to walk by, and mm-hmm. 99.99% of the people are going to have no idea what's going on in that room, no. who we are, anything like that. But we're going to be there. We're going to be two men in blazers. We're going to have some uh, some logos. You're working on some you know some banners. It's going to look cool. 
it's yeah, look it's, nice. it's it's probably going to be the most professional recording we've ever done and there will be video so uh yeah if you're not at the win you'll be able to see us in all our glory when we we'll pop some video content up on youtube and our socials so you can see what that's all about yeah. and then the full episode that we record on friday we're going to drop on our main sunday night monday morning feed so that's the second half of our team preview so the preseason just keeps on rolling and i feel like when we get yeah. back from vegas josh it's basically game starts. week one preview yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, with that, we're, that, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be exactly like it's uh, the late launch, I think, has been really good for the game. I think yeah. it's it meant people get to get excited about it and they didn't have time to burn out on it, which which I think has happened before when the game launches in late mm-hmm. June and everyone kind of gets excited and realizes they have seven weeks to go. And now it's just it's a one month sprint, right? One month from the game launching to. Yeah the season starting and so i i think it's been good for you and me too i feel like we both we've had to like trim all the fat right it's just like boom 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 here are the preview pods and let's get into it so yeah. let's let's get into it uh, a quick note uh patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the podcast we really appreciate the uh, patreon support we had a lot of new patrons come in this this week if you want to get in before the season starts there are multiple leagues that that kick off in game week one and close in game week one that includes our head-to-head league for mm. um for our, our, our two highest tiers that includes the famous i think somewhat last somewhat cheater famous standing. last mm-hmm. cheater standing league mm-hmm. uh which is knockout league probably the best thing that's come out of our, our Patreon. Uh, it's just Agreed. a really, it's a very cool thing. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get into that, uh, make sure you go to patreon.com slash always cheating to join. Um, you can hop on our site or even just message us about the last cheater standing league. We'll make sure uh, you get into that. Um, special thanks to uh, FPL Black Wolf who joined us on uh, Thursday's pod. We talked a lot about wolves on that podcast. I learned a lot and he was just a great guest, really fun friendly guy so uh, you can go agreed back i really enjoyed too. meeting dan so yeah if you're a patreon supporter go back and check that episode out it's fantastic yep. good good uh, good, good pod with uh, eric freeman uh, a couple weeks before that too uh really fun kind of season kickoff pod with him as well so uh, we're trying to add a lot more guests to our, our patreon exclusive pods this season uh supporters also get our dean's list manager of the month award obviously we talked about the slack already um and uh, let's do a quick thank you to our uh, newest and returning we have some returning patrons too brandon uh yeah. J- joseph this is this is both of them. I'm going to group them all together here. Joseph Cognetti, Stephen Haley, Kyle Turk, Shakar Bradost, Thomas Jack, Joe Nichols, Tron Solberg, Richard Kirk, Nick Koba Kobaruvis, Kobaruvius, JJ, Ube Salikov, Jeff Priestman, Hussein Eloisi, David Rose, Ethan Getschorin, Tim Roland Cook, and Anthony Simonansky. Wow, we got some. You know, I nailed them all, though, Brandon. You know, it's a tough names, but I said incredible, them all perfectly. Incredible. Yep. Unless you forget, any Patreon supporter of Always Cheating receives a 10% discount code to attend Fest in NYC. What is Fest NYC? It's the first ever Fest Live FPL event uh, happening here in Brooklyn during Game Week 7, I believe it is. September 10th, Brooklyn at the uh, Sunset Park rooftop venue's amazing uh, as suggested, it's got rooftop views of Manhattan, soccer pitches in the venue, and we're going to have incredible special guests. A, you can meet me and Josh, talk fantasy with, uh, there's going to be more than 100 FPL managers there, so it's going to be a, a great sort of uh, flow of information, Josh. And also, you can <laughs> yeah. you can meet Mark Southerns, founder of Fantasy's Football Scout and general FPL legend, and also Gianni Butici is going to be there uh, creating content for us and doing an FPL quiz. 
take part in a live Q&A with us and Mark, uh, kick around on that soccer pitch, enjoy all of Saturday's matches from the 7.30 a.m. kickoff to the Man City Spurs kickoff at 12.30, and we're going to do a live recording of OA's Cheating uh, right there at the venue. So check us out at fest nyc Dot com. Get your tickets now before they're gone, because this venue does have a certain limited capacity. Perfect. Well, what a nice. But we should cut that. We should clip that. That was so nice. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll get back and we're going to start our FPL team previews, predicting the Premier League table. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, we're back. This is part one of our FPL team previews. All right, so we're putting the Premier League table. This is just kind of a fun way to do it. You know, in previous seasons, poor West Ham and Wolves just always got the uh, the short shrift, I feel yeah. like, on the podcast. We were just, we just, we're fried by the time we get to them, you know, these <laughs> long pods. Uh, and so if you do it this way, at least there are some teams that, that pop up and get a little more attention than they might otherwise. I mean, how much do you need us to say about the top couple of teams, right? Everyone has a pretty strong opinion already. But yeah. when it comes to the, the Bournemouth and the Forest, Let's all learn along together, you know, let's, let's all uh, mm-hmm. pick up some information. So let's kick things off with our 20th team, the team that we think will finish in 20th place this season. Who's it going to be? I'm sorry to tell you, Brian, this is, this is one of the relegation spots. I don't know if you knew that, but that is, uh, that's, that's what's happening here. Okay. So we think Bournemouth straight back up, straight back down. Yep. They uh, finished second in the championship last season, two points behind Fulham. Uh, managed by your boy, Scotty Parker, God, who uh, took Fulham to some very strange places his final, <laughs> final season. He really there. did. I, I've gone through every conceivable emotion with Scotty Parker from like yeah. complete disinterest to uh, he's my father figure to yeah. please leave, get out of my house. Yeah. And, you know, apparently this, his kind of, keep it tight, protect your gains approach, uh, really Mm -hmm. continued, uh, on from Fulham. And, um, this was sort of uh, a major complaint of Bournemouth's squad last season, which is that they, Mm -hmm. a lot of thin, well, you know, thin one goal wins, a lot of the team, very regimented. It feels like he's got like a little like Mourinho in him. Like he he really wants to do everything kind of exactly the way you're supposed to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's not a lot of room for improvisation there. And, but, you know, I will say they uh, had the fewest goals conceded in the championship. They had the most clean sheets uh, and they had the second most goals scored. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing especially fluky about their performance last season. I mean, they, you know, they legitimately were the second best team uh, in the in the championship. Um, they have a pretty bad, honestly, run. So it's kind of useful to. Um, just ignore them, I would say, until you you probably probably till by the time you play your first wild card. The fixtures get a little better around game week five. So you have a yeah. you know, the problem is you, you're not going to know what you're what you're getting with them yet, right? Because what do you learn when Bournemouth play Man City, Arsenal, <laughs> Liverpool, and three of the first four? Uh, yeah. Maybe somebody you know comes to the four. Uh, but it's well, it's, I, I think yeah. what what you learn with teams like Bournemouth and and Forest and. Uh, teams who haven't actually done a lot of business this summer yet and think they're right. going to need to do more yeah. is we're going to be learning as FPL managers and like managers like Parker are going to be learning as well. Once they yeah. you know, kick off with Villa and City in game weeks one or two, he's going to be like, oh, okay, so it's a disaster with yeah. my left center back. We have to be in the market for that that yep. player. And so you're just, you could even just see a different starting 11 for these squads once you hit game weeks five and six. That's true. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, you know, sales not being completed yet or a recurring theme that we're going to see throughout the, um, 
I'm probably throw out the table, but I think certainly when it comes to these, you know, clubs like Liverpool, Man City, they did a lot of their business really early this summer. Uh, or, you know, in some cases they did the business in January, right? And then the teams, mm-hmm. the players just joined, you know, in the summer. Or someone like Luis Diaz is just sort of ready to kind of kick on, you know, from a half season of, of play. Uh, but for Bournemouth, we have uh, take a look at some uh, quick look at some top players here. Uh, we got Dominic Solanke. So this is a real like we talked about before, Brandon, about, you know, blank slate, clear your head, mm-hmm. you know, think fresh. And so the top two guys are two of the guys that I think any experienced FPL manager is going to re reorient themselves a little bit because Dominic Solanke is sort of a famous bust, right? He, uh, you know, comes, came up through Liverpool, signed for, for more than 20, basically got Eddie Howe fired, right? Uh, signed for, <laughs> you know, a lot of money, uh, joined Bournemouth and didn't do anything. I don't, I think he didn't mm-hmm. score his first goal for Bournemouth until, you know, game week 36 or something like that when he, mm-hmm. when he joined the club. But, you know, so last season though, he had, he had a terrific finish. He, uh, had, had tw- 29 goals and seven assists. So, uh, it was a it was a like a significant jump from what he had done the season before. But I think last year he he scored. I think that you know that is say like two seasons ago he had like roughly fifteen goals uh, in the season. So um, you know effectively doubles that. So it's, it's a big jump. I mean twenty nine goals is is nothing to yeah. um, you know completely dismiss. And of course like you know as we said before, I mean he came through um, the Liverpool system. So it's not like yeah. this guy has you know just he's, it's not like he's a late bloomer um, so much as he hadn't totally come into his own right maybe that is maybe that is what a late bloomer is <laughs> well but you, you, your suggestion of him coming up through liverpool is football mind has been developed he, you know he's a tad pricey at six million if it was if he was like a like 5.5 5, uh he might be a little more appealing i mean it's i guess when you score 29 goals the season before you have to price him like he might be able to do some damage uh the next season but um i you know total a total wait and see asset uh you know the the frame part of it i mean it's hard to say i mean what is mitro's frame is it is it is it he's, he's kind of like a little um like he's a little um he's just kind of beefy he's kind of beefy he's a yeah, beefy yeah. he has he doesn't have speed but he has right. presence right and i think tony right. has the presence and the speed and Solanke is He's not a small forward by any stretch, yeah. but uh, maybe it's a mentality thing that I'm sort yeah. of mapping onto his, his his physical presence as well because I'm not sure that's there. Yeah, and I'm not okay. So we're not we're not okay. I, I guess we don't need to like spend five minutes on every single player, considering we're going through <laughs> no, no, ten no, no, teams no. here. Uh, let's move on to Phil Billing, Philip Billing, the uh, ex Huddersfield. Now, when I think of Phil Billing, I think four point five million Huddersfield midfielder. Right. Is that is that where your brain goes immediately as well? For sure. Yeah. yeah. He's either good for uh he's good for a yellow card for sure right. in that right. in that mold. Yeah. Maybe so, like a screamer from thirty yards out. In the four three three that Scotty Parker usually employs, uh Phil Billing has been playing in something of a number ten role in the squad. He uh had ten goals and ten assists last season. It's a pretty impressive return for you know, for I mean for a player who everyone really he's a highly regarded player. Right. I mean, there was some talk, you know, when he was at Huddersfield, him moving to an even, you know, to a bigger club and, um, you know, ultimately didn't happen. But I mean, you know, he's, he's back up now. And uh, so, you know, again, recurring theme here, I realize, but I think he's a tad pricey at five point five million. There's a lot of players you can get for five point five million at, at some, at some you know, at some better clubs. And I think that it's it's really a wait and see for him, like wait until you got a really nice run of fixtures and and then maybe we can we can reevaluate a little bit. 
The player who I think some of us might end up having at some point is Mark Travers. 20 clean sheets kept last season. That's a 44.4% clean sheet kept. Uh, he's only 22, and by all accounts, he was terrific last season. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we're not we're kind of spoiled when it comes to 4.5 million keepers this year. There's a lot of interesting options. But, uh, you know, I feel like every year there's one promoted keeper who really shines and um, ends up in a lot of squads. So, um, I, you know, it may not be as true this year because they've really scrunched up all the prices for goalkeepers. You know, it's pretty easy to spend even 0.5 million more and get Ben Mendy, you know, like, like, you know, just, and say what you about Ben Mendy, but like, he's a, you know, starting keeper on a top, you know, on a champions league contending mm-hmm. squad, you know, for, for 0.5 million is probably worth it considering that Chelsea should, you know, be pretty strong defensively just because that's sort of the, uh, you know, the, the ethos that their, their manager deploys, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, but, but I think Travers, you know, who knows, like, and maybe some people are looking at doing some, some goalkeeper rotation. I mean, that is goalkeeper rotation has gotten completely out of vogue. I feel like that used to be like for years and years, that's what everybody did. And now you just kind of grab a 4.5 or 5 million or maybe 5.5 this season. And you just write them, uh, you know, until yeah. your first, we're all, card. we're all too tired to play the rotation game, Josh. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. yeah is it a post pandemic <laughs> thing? We're just, Nope, can't do it. Yeah. Uh, you've got, you know, Jaden Anthony, a goal, seven assists. I, I think he's way too expensive. 5.5 million. Totally. Totally improving. At least with billing, you can kind of get it. Double-digit goals and assists, and he has some Premier League experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you think he, you know, he could maybe kick on a little bit better. But I think, in general, I'm probably avoiding everyone on Bournemouth to start the season. Smart. The one signing that that could be kind of a fun signing is a player that I liked at times for West Ham is Ryan Fredericks. Uh, I think he'll probably come in and there's a good chance he starts right away. Uh, and there's not much else. There's just not a lot happening right now on the transfer front. As you mentioned before, we could see a bunch of signings come through for, I mean, uh, virtually every club that we talk about on these previews. But, yeah. um, but you know, at the moment, there's just not a lot of noise that I've heard around that I've read uh, around Bournemouth. So, you know, let's see what happens. But right now they just, they have the, someone had to be 20th in our, in our team previous mm-hmm. branded. And they just, there's not a lot here to think, okay, these, these they're going to finish above three other teams, but you know, let's, let's wait and see. That's why they play the games. Yeah. Well, and so 19th place sadly is another promoted club and it is Forest, and mm-hmm. they, they have a rocky start, I think, but it, it, there are some fixtures here where I think that they could, prove everybody wrong they start with newcastle away in game week one then west ham everton spurs and then the dreaded away at the etihad matchup in game week five so what are we expecting from forest obviously not a lot since you and i josh we kind of pegged them at at 19 here yeah but uh steve cooper radically changed forest in the latter half of the championship campaign last season and got them promoted through the playoffs. Now the championship playoffs are famously a grueling way to earn promotion to the premier league and they've done it. Uh, yeah. And, and that, that sort of favors um, teams that are flexible in their approaches, in their formations. And I think Steve Cooper gets a lot of plaudits for that. And, you know, if he's able to translate that to the premier league, then they could surprise a few people. Uh, their leading scorer last season, Brennan Johnson, he led the club with 16. Now, if you compare that to Solanke's uh, 29 goals or Mitrovic's 43. Uh, 43. That's insane. Yeah. You, you can you can see that Forrest weren't exactly a high-scoring team. And they're, 
they they developed a reputation under Cooper of being extremely organized, pretty decent uh, in the defense. So when I'm thinking of Forrest right now, I'm kind of gravitating toward their defender options, and I'll run through a few of them in a second. And Cooper's usually playing three at the back and favoring uh, wingbacks. Jack Colback was playing on the left mostly last season. And now that they've signed Nico Williams, who is a right back, I am kind of wondering if Colback at 4.5 and FPL holds holds that slot. I mean, Nico Williams feels like he's a lock to start and priced at 4.0. He feels yep. like the main attraction for fantasy with Forrest. Yep. Um, uh, for a few sure. other interesting signings that Cooper's made over the summer. Dean Henderson will be their signing, uh, their starting goalkeeper. He's at 4.5. They signed him from Manchester United. You know, Henderson, he was kind of on the up. He was going to try and break into the starting 11 at Old Trafford. Couldn't make it happen uh, because basically David De Gea just keeps finding more and more deep deep within him (laughs) but but yeah he's he's another 4.5 guy that that, had his chance i feel like they henderson had a moment and it kind of it just didn't really work out and then i felt like it ultimately just it was almost like he was there just to make De Gea play better and it you know it seemed to work yeah yeah. he's now entered his jack butland phase dean henderson Mm -hmm. has so we 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 wish him well uh, and to to give competition to Bren Johnson, the club record signing for an undisclosed fee is Tawo Awanui. Uh, he's a Nigerian forward, 24 years old. He comes over from Union Berlin. See, Josh, I'm trying on some like authentic German pronunciations I there. I liked it. Awanui, is that how you say it? I think okay, it's a hard a- a- one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll figure that one out. Rumored to be around 17 million that that signing. So he scored for Union last season 15 goals and 31 appearances. By some fan accounts, Awani has not looked incredible in certain preseason matches for Forest, okay. so he's clearly going to need some time to yeah. bet in a bit, which is no real surprise, but at mm-hmm. 6.0 he could come in for those people who are looking at like Mbomo at Brentford to fill in a cheaper forward slot that might be A1E further down the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like him, you know, um, that's exactly the way that I, I could see it working is if you, if you were planning to play three up top and you have all these expensive players that we talked about before, you almost need somebody who's around 6 million. So maybe yeah. Mbomo, A1E, like those are two, two of the few appealing options are not a lot. I feel like unless you go with a non-plane, you know, a non-plane forward, you're not, you're not like, you know, um, like just overwhelmed with options in that range. There is a tie to our 20th place team, Bournemouth. You'll, you'll see a lot of old friends from the cherries here. You got Steve cook playing in a central defender role. Also mm-hmm. Harry Arter, Tory extraordinaire. Arter. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still he's still kicking kicking guys around uh, in in the midfield there. But yeah, I think for Forrest, it's all uh, Nico Williams at four point I don't know how you could justify getting one of their center backs. Warrell, yeah. Cook, and McKenna were the starting back three last season. They're all at four point five. You don't need to tell anybody listening, Brandon, that <laughs> yeah. Warrell, Cook, and McKenna were the were the three with the back yeah. the back three. So there you go. I mean, and I I I kind of like. I feel like anytime I tuned into a Forrest match. Uh, last season, my eye was always going to Jack Colbeck, maybe because he has that distinct red hair, but four yeah. goals, one assist playing on the left. I do wonder if he keeps his spot or if they sign additional defenders like they've got this guy, 
Julian Bioncone, who is a mm-hmm. French right back. And yeah. now you've got Nico on the right. Maybe you can play Bioncone on the left. We'll see. So, so yeah. if you want to answer I, questions there. I like when you talk about the championship clubs uh, because you, you, because you're a Fulham supporter, you kind of always have one one foot in the in the championship. <laughs> like one uh, or two yeah. nuggets of wisdom. That's yeah. about it. But I feel like, I mean, what I will say about Forrest, and I, I think ultimately it's they're a little too unproven for us to to really jump them up unless we just did it to be to be fun. I mean, it's just it's just hard to like really to know what we're gonna expect with them. But I think the signings are fun. I mean, or, or I should say they're they're interesting. I mean they've made a ton of signings compared <laughs> to a lot of other clubs. Yeah. Jesse Lingard, Dean Henderson, Nico Williams. Oh god, I didn't it's even like, I, I skipped right past. I've got a note here about Jesse Lingard was uh one of the obviously hot signings that happened this week, and he comes priced in FPL at 6.0. It's reasonable. I mean, you have to yeah. you have to say it's reasonable. Now, the, the chatter online is how much faith are you going to put in Jesse Lingard, who was a free agent and basically ju- just took the most money. And the guy's turning yeah. 30 later this season. Is yeah. he over the hill and just kind of a um, you know mercenary at this yeah. point? But, but lest we forget that that nine goal, three hey, assist remember, uh, loan he had to West Ham, which was kind of yeah. spectacular. Remember how awesome Daniel Sturridge was when he played for West Brom? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Up? yeah. Really, I, 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 yeah, I can <laughs> I see all those goals goal. in my mind yeah, right now. Yeah, all one uh, of them. I think I think the Lingard thing could work. I think that this is why I was surprised that he didn't move last season uh, because I feel like he's the kind of it was a very interesting that the situation West Ham. I mean, I you know I'm sure there are many United supporters who understand this his mentality better than I do, but it felt like he was just a better fit at West Ham. And I, mm-hmm. I know that last year it felt like many were about to kick on and really do some damage. And he probably just wanted to be part of that. And I, I do get that, but, um, but it felt like, you know, having a really sizable role in a club was something he was actually kind of up for, you yeah, know, like right. it really, like he, and he was awesome. And there, I mean, he had, he scored some great goals for West Ham. Like he was incredibly fun to watch in that yeah. half season with, with West Ham. And so to me, I, you know, and he was also, he started really hot for them. So I, it is not impossible for me to imagine myself having Jesse Lingard in my squad. Or um, he does, or he does the season. Ruben Loftus cheek to Fulham move where he's a really talented footballer comes from a bigger club to a smaller club becomes immediately disinterested because it's yeah. a bit of a slog. That's true. I mean, I think with, I think with Loftus cheek, he's still, he was still a player on the up. Whereas mm-hmm. Jesse Lingard is, is at his, he's reached peak oil, the peak oil <laughs> phase of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll say that much. So, all right. Well that I, I think forest has my attention for sure. Like just, yeah. it, you know, they're also like, I, I just always ex- get excited when there's a brand new team in the premier league, just a yeah. team that we have not, um, you know, kind of seen, you know, uh, I mean, certainly not since you and I have been doing this podcast, we have not had a forest, you know? And so it's kind of fun. And, you know, and I also like, I enjoyed the damn United, you know, I sort sure. of like, it's sort of some fun, you know, I, I feel so a little like, bit of Hollywood coming to the premier I, league. I feel finally. slightly connected to the club. Exactly. Yeah. Just in that sense. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm pulling for them. Um, so let's, let's go into the 18th club, Brandon. This one's going to get us in some trouble. I oh think. My God. I mean, I honestly, I, I, I'm ducking right now. There could have been so many clubs that we put here. I mean, Everton probably should be here, but the but the club that is in 18th place is Leeds United. Sorry, Leeds. I love you. I love Bielsa. I love Jesse Marsh. I love the two Americans that you've signed. Like I am, I am in. This is you know, but we have to be Brandon. This is 
mm-hmm. mean, you know, we have, to be held, we have to be held accountable for our rankings. <laughs> and I hope <laughs> people bring them up to us all season long uh, <laughs> because of how you know important it is that we that we do this, do it this way. Um, last year's finish, they very narrowly avoided relegation. It was one of the most, uh, you know, actually it would have been a bigger story if the man, if the Liverpool man city games hadn't been so dramatic, I think the, the story would have been Burnley versus Leeds, like, you know, (laughs) like attacking versus defense, uh, in theory anyway, um, to, to end the season, but Leeds did pull out. That's actually what I thought would happen, which I I thought Leeds would just win enough matches, right? Because they had enough attacking time. They would just win enough matches, uh, to stay up. And that's ultimately, what happened? And so uh, Bielsa's out, Marsh is in. Of course, that happened in the spring uh, or late winter. Um, Rafinha and Calvin Phillips are gone. So that's that's not, not great. No, you that's I, arguably their two best players are have, have now departed. So uh, the defense is already in a little bit of trouble. Uh, da- Stuart Dallas, Luke Ayling, and Junior Firpo are all injured. I'm not going to make a joke about how Furpa being injured might be good for the team. That's <laughs> not the kind of podcast that we do. Uh, but it's, you know... Let's let's I, let's keep let's keep it positive here. Okay, I will say Junior Furpo, uh, a Premier League player, most likely to be the name of a Star Wars character. So, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that does sound like a Star Wars character. Uh, fixtures, you have uh, a really nice start to the season. Actually, I think it's uh, if there are some players that that have my attention. I think the prices are a little high on some of these players, mm-hmm. but it's a good start to the season. They play Wolves at home, Southampton away, Chelsea, but at home. Uh, and then Brighton, Everton, Brentford, Forest. That, that's their first four, right? So there's only one match that's kind of a bonafide, probably going to lose that one, right? And that's that mm-hmm. Chelsea match in, in game week three. But Brighton away in, in game week four is not going to be uh, super easy either, I wouldn't think. But let's focus on the positive here. They've, they've lost some players. They've got some injuries. Who's who's coming back? You've got Bamford, Patrick Bamford. Is, is he finally healthy? Seems that way. Uh, he's started, I believe twice now i think he's sure. had two preseason starts he did he did a 45 and 45 with with galhart in the last uh, friendly that they played um 17 goals and 11 assists in his last healthy season so uh he was awesome i mean i loved uh, inform patrick bamford in the 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 famous no fans in the stand seat season was awesome like he yep. scored some great goals linked up beautifully with rafinha mm-hmm. fun player enjoyed it you know wanted mm-hmm. that combination to continue um, I think he came in a little, a little too high. Eventually I'm going to find someone who's priced the way out. Jesse Lingard, I thought at 6 million is not a bad price. So let me throw yeah. in one decent price here, but I think Bamford, given what he did last season, given that, that leads basically, you know, could have been relegated. I'm not sure how he gets a price like 7.5 million. It's ridiculous. Well, it's, it's unfair. I think uh, is, is better to say it's just unfair. And, I think Leeds are going to be a team. They're a team like that in fantasy. They're always fun to invest in because they are generally more attacking. I'm just like reminiscing over the Bielsa era. Um, And you want to have players like that in your team. So it's, it's kind of sad that it looks like Bamford's out of contention. Maybe he'll, uh, you know, I hope it works out. I would like to see him come back. You know, this is the year of the forward trademark Mm -hmm. always cheated. And so there, there might be a chance that he, that he comes back and, and does something, um, you know, uh, but we need to find his link up partner and maybe that'll come from one of the new signings that I'll talk about in just a second here. A couple of the players coming back, got Rodrigo, your boy, Brandon, 
He's uh, reclassified as a midfielder. I won't even chuckle at that one. <laughs> but he uh, priced at six million somehow. I don't know how he got six goals and two assists last year. One million for every goal yeah. he scored. The, the the ticker was counting all season. Yeah, and the, I think at least one of those was a pen, if not two. So, uh, and it was actually declined from seven goals and four assists the previous season. So, oh, God. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, it's just not not. He's he's a he's like a real like. Uh, there's like a red flashing mm-hmm. light like alert don't take this guy yeah. uh chuck harrison is is an interesting one um he had eight goals and one assist last season he had eight goals and 10 assists the previous season so I mean, who is the real jack harrison I mean, you and i both really like him we saw him play when he was at yeah. nycfc yeah. uh obviously he you know he was a uh, uh, man city um you know a squad player came up through you know came up through their farm system um, whatever they call it in the UK. It's a farm system, what they call it here in the U S with it, with baseball, the Academy, the Academy. Thank you. The Academy mm-hmm. system. Um, and, uh, yeah, so eight goals last season, three of them came in the one match against Chelsea. Bizarrely, like <laughs> in a pretty bad season, but a hat trick against Chelsea. So, you know, there, there you go. Um, but you know, I think maybe Bamford's return could help him. Right. I mean, what, how does a, how does a left winger go from 10 assists to one? It's good when, they, when you don't have a forward all season to, to, you know, cross the ball into. So yeah. I, I think, you know, Bamford's return could help him. Uh, he comes in at 6 million. I, you know, if he was 5.5, he might be a little more appealing, but um, I'm going to jump down to one of the new signings here because part of the problem with Harrison is that he has some competition uh, from Luis Sinistera, who definitely sounds like he's from a uh, Dario Argento horror movie, Brandon. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he's a, a 23-year-old Colombian left winger, uh, 23 goals and 14 assists and 49 appearances for Feyenoord last season. Now, again, Dutch league rules apply here, right? You've got to, you've got to have those, mm-hmm. have those returns. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> but even if that puts them closer to like 12 goals and seven assists, if you don't score uh, at least 20 goals, they like put you in a, in a, a, a little fishing boat and send yeah. you down the fjords like a Viking funeral. <laughs> Clearly this is the way the game should be played though. We, I want to, <laughs> I want to watch a league where everyone's scoring 20 goals, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so 23 goals, 14 appearances. He's, he's, he came in at six, 6.5 million. Unfortunately, he just picked up a hamstring injury. So uh, he's definitely in the, uh, you know, keep an eye out. That, that's a very ambitious price, I feel like, for for a new midfielder. Uh, that's he, He's classified as a midfielder. So he is going to offer some competition to Harrison, I think. We'll see. I mean, you know, there was actually some talk that uh, Newcastle were looking at Jack Harrison, interestingly. So, uh, but apparently he's not for sale, according to Jesse Marsh. So, We'll see. I mean, do you have any read on Marsh? I mean, we saw, you know, basically a, a, a season I mean, that is to say like a, like a weather season, three months. Yeah. We saw spring with Marsh. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's a pretender in the way that like an American coach like Bob Bradley was. Yeah. I think that Marsh, Bradley, that Bradley quarter season just haunts us all. Doesn't it? It, it really does. I think that, I think that Marsh is a talented manager and I think it's still very unclear where his level is or what his, his ceiling is. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that he was able to, to you know, rescue uh, Leeds' decline last season, I think, is, is a point in his favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he's really hamstrung by having to sell his two best players. And there is going to be a long path to 17th place if they can escape to sort of like bet in these new signings and he's going to have to instill a new system like Bielsa's management managerial style is 
is kind of all encompassing, right? Like you just, yep. you get in line and you follow him in, into battle. I don't think Jesse Marsh is that sort of a guy. So, you know, the, the Stuart Dallas's, uh, of Leeds, like, are, are they going to be able to do, or do they want to go into battle with Jesse Marsh in the same way? It seems like they've responded well to him so far. I mean, I feel like if things were not going well right off the bat, then like, you know, I feel like we would have already heard. I mean, like the Bob Bradley thing was a disaster from the start, right? Like he did not have the respect of the locker room. Yeah, and, we, right. and we say this, both of us like Bob Bradley. There's no no disrespect in that. But it, it doesn't seem, it, you know, it seems like Marsh is likable. I mean, he, even from afar, you can tell that like he's somebody that I think players would enjoy playing for. I mean, he's got like a little bit. I'm not saying he's there tactically or in terms of success. He's obviously not, but a little bit of that Jurgen Klopp where he seems mm-hmm. like he can make people feel good about themselves, you know? And I think right. that's a really great quality to manage. It's actually a thing that you really can't um, like bottle up and give to somebody, right? Either have it or you don't. So I, I'm, I'm really pulling for him and I, and I hope that works out. And, you know, it's just, you look at their, their injuries, you look at the fact that they lost their arguably their two best players. It's hard to, to feel like they're going to just push on and, um, you know, and, and like you said, do, do anything better than, you know, like a bottom quarter of the bottom half of the table finish. But I but I hope it's not true. Um, a couple of other signings that you have. You have Brendan Aronson, American signed uh, right winger, basically the Rafinha replacement, I, I think. Um, he's got uh, four goals, but it's against an XG of 8.3 when he was at RB. So he's almost half what he you know, half what you'd expect him to score. Right. So it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a pretty, a pretty, pretty significant drop there. You know, I will say he's still just 21, uh, very comfortable playing under Marsh already. So, uh, and again, if we have a, ba- a Patrick Banford who's back and healthy, I think that that will really help Aronson both in terms of opening up space for him to score and also giving him a, a, a target man for, for goals. So, yeah. um, then you have, I talked about Sinistera a little bit already. You have Tyler Adams came in, 5 million. is not likely to be a fantasy asset, more of a central midfielder, but wanted to note him just because it's crazy that one club has an American manager and two American players now. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, likely more to come, right? Because the Rafinha and Phillips funds did open up some opportunities. And so when I was reading about Leeds and their off season, it sounds like there's some moves that are still kind of in the making. And so, you know, we'll see what happens there. You have some other players on leads and forwards that I, I think are just, are just really too wait and see to even really think about at the, at the moment. I mean, you know, Gelhard had some moments last year where I felt like he was kind of mm-hmm. interesting, promising, but mm-hmm. it's hard for me to come in this podcast right now and say, Oh yeah, you should definitely bring, bring Gelhard. And I, I see, you know, Greenwood is, has become the sort of player du jour to, to drop into your team as a non playing for did the, to, his ownership is actually so high that I would recommend not having Greenwood yeah. in your team. Yeah. Because he's going to drop down to 4.3 in like two game weeks. I have another 4.5 striker option coming up later in the show for okay. for to compete with Greenwood. All right. So let's, well, yeah. So, so unless you actually think the Greenwood's going to start and get minutes, I would probably not have him in my, in my team right now. Um, and or if you think all the forwards are going to get injured. So <laughs> that's where we are with leads. I, we have them 18th, but I, I hope they do better than that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So in 17th place, there was a lot of push and pull. You don't like me being uh, like a self-hating Fulham fan. Mm -hmm. And I am kind of like worried about Fulham coming into this season. Now you go back and look at you know, the list of championship division winners recently leads uh, one handily in 2019, 20, you know, they've mm-hmm. managed to mount uh, two substantial campaign uh, campaigns in the premier league, but between Fulham and Leeds, you've got Norwich who have twice won the division uh, in the last four years. And they have been among the worst sides to come up in the Premier League in recent memory. And so Fulham, that is really the challenge for them this season, is to prove that they are more in the uh, mold of Wolves and Leeds and Bournemouth, uh, yeah. even even Leicester, who are like thinking of recent like successful teams right. that have come So you come think up. Fulham might win the title this year? <laughs> wow. No, 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 that's, no. That's, yeah, that's, I, that's I, impressive. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I fought to put Fulham in first, uh, but <laughs> but you you denied me. Yeah. So what what has me so concerned? Because Fulham had like a legendary season. Like they they beat multiple teams by more than seven by seven or more goals last season. Just incredible attacking team. So the championship is weird because it's kind of an open an open division or like the play is much more open. There's less pressing. And what would happen is Fulham, just like most matches, they were just the better team and they'd be able to dictate the play virtually the entire match. But when they came up against opposition that would really press them, that's when they, they struggled to score. They would run out of ideas. So I'm thinking that we're not going to see such a high flying version of Marco Silva's squad this season he's going to have to be a little more pragmatic and they're not going to be able to play the way they did last season uh moreover they they can't play because they lost one of their most creative players in fabio carvalho right. he was 19 Sense. years old went to liverpool uh, are they gonna loan him back or you think he's gonna actually like stay with the he, he's gonna stay with liverpool stay with there's liverpool. Yeah. that was that was some hopeful chatter when he final when he finalized the deal to liverpool last spring um, but there's been zero chatter of that sense. And okay. you're th- you were thinking that Andreas Pereira, who we're going to talk about in a second, may be who Silva signed to replace him, which is okay. not like a one-to-one. But like you remember uh, Jean-Michel Serry? 
Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> a very, <laughs> very classy player. Didn't necessarily fit at Fulham, but had some oozed class. Brandon. He didn't fit. Fulham had to get rid of him because they had to loan him out. He was when he first came to Fulham, he was touted as Barcelona are interested in this guy. Wow, we got him. And then yep. he came to the cottage when we, you know, our, our Andre Sherla year and God. did not we, fit. At least we saw, did we see a Shirley goal in the one that Matrick Craven Cottage we yes, watched? We, yes, yes, yeah, we something. did. Yeah, something. So anyway, last season was Sari's season. He played really well in the midfield. It was just, okay. just all kind of like a lot of things kind of coming together. One of the things that worked last season that is staying is Harry Wilson. He is like Dominic Solanke and he's a Liverpool graduate and a Bournemouth ex-Bournemouth player, and yep. he led Fulham with 19 assists last season. Uh, he takes corners. Now it looks like Pereira is on corner duty, but maybe they'll share. But I think Harry Wilson is really the guy to target at $6 million, uh, for for the creative attack for Fulham. Now Mitrovic, 43 goals, just astonishing last season. Uh, but as as we mentioned, like how many uh, fantasy managers are going to want to ride again with him? He scored uh, two goals, no, three goals in the preseason now. But I'm not going to put a lot of stock in that. It's just going to yeah. be a whole different game for him coming into uh, coming into the prem yet again. Now he'll probably he could become an Ivan Tony ish from last season character. Where okay, Fulham are doing okay this season. There is a really good run of fixture for, for Fulham now. Let's drop this third third striker in my fantasy team that's not working and get Metro in. That's kind of how I see him maybe working this season. Okay. Um, new signings, Jao Palinha. Uh, he came from Ronaldo's home club, Sporting CP in Portugal. He's a 27-year-old defensive midfielder, not a fantasy option. But then Andreas Pereira, uh, Manchester United midfielder. He benefits from not having been signed to Fulham before the fantasy game launched. So he's at 4.5, yep. and he looks... I love that. That's like... Yeah. Every, every, you know, Nico Williams too. I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. that could be two year 15 very easily, right? These two, you know. Yeah. So, so FPL is solving a few problems for us there with Pereira and Nico Williams. So I think Pereira is a very easy decision for a lot of us to fill that fifth midfield spot. Uh, and so just those two signings, Palina and Pereira, I don't think are good enough to see Fulham like up to 15th or 14th position. Yeah. Other rumored players that may still come in, I don't think are going to really impact fantasy. Manor Solomon, that deal looks like it's probably done. He was pictured actually in a Fulham training top uh, at oh, one wow. of their friendlies. Okay. So Sounds I don't like really know sign, yeah. why they haven't just announced <laughs> this, but he's a 23 yeah. year old Israeli winger who comes from okay. Shakhtar Donetsk. And uh, Kevin Mbabu, uh, he is a right back who would fill in that. Nico Williams' position where he played at the latter half of last season, 27-year-old stri- uh, right back from Wolfsburg. And this one is actually kind of interesting to me. Burned Leno from Arsenal. I guess Arsenal have set the price at $15 million and Fulham don't want to play, pay it, so they're just going to roll with uh, Merrick Rodak and uh, Paul Gazaniga uh, okay. as their keepers, and they are both not up to snuff. This is the issue. Like Fulham's defense is just really bad. Uh, you 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 mentioned how Bournemouth led the championship in uh, clean sheets. Fulham, I think we're like in fourth position or something like that. I mean, clean sheets do not win you the championship, so that that's fine. But yeah, um, Tim Ream is is still like their 
their uh, senior center back. And if they don't sign anybody, they're going to have to start Tim Ream. And I don't know if you, know if you remember the you know game week one, the last time Fulham came up, Tim Reams got humiliated. I think it was against Villa, perhaps. I don't recall. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, uh, the the defense is is the big worry. And if you if Fulham can't defend, then I'm not sure how easily they can get the attack going. So it just kind of cascades. Trap guys, just going to call out a couple of trap players. Tom Carney, team captain, 5.0, don't do it. Okay. Bobby Deckard-Overeed and uh, Niskins Kibano, dynamic uh, midfielders at 5.5 each, but just like, no, those guys are not budget options, I think. Wow, this is, like, you can really tell when somebody who really knows the club does one of these team previous, Brandon. It was like, it's like when we had Black Wolf on. It was like, <laughs> you really dug it. Like, we, we got such a thorough picture of, of Fulham. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I, you know, I mean, let's see about Mitchell. Let, let's, like, yeah. what is the, what is, I mean, because he's, like, actually, there's a lot of interesting players in here. Beyond just Pereira, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Pereira, like, almost can't be. It's almost like we kind of wave him away. Well, you should have him in your team. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's, like, a world where he becomes, like, a, a player you could start, right? You know, and sure. if you could start him, then that's really opening up some yeah. uh, some interesting possibilities for some, you know, having having some more of those premium players in your squad. Mm-hmm. Um I hadn't even thought about like just trying to like roll out like a. I mean, the problem is there's just too many fixtures where you wouldn't want to start them, right? Even just in the first seven, I'm seeing. Yeah, like you're going to be rotating so. to four point five. You're going to be doing a goalkeeper rotation in your and midfield three and four defense. spots. That seems yeah. troublesome. Feels a little weak. I, yeah, I, I agree. So, what is the, what's the best case for Metro this year? Well, I think the best case is 15 goals. Uh, and I think if Fulham hit their stride, he can easily do that. Of course, he's on pen duty and he's he's you know, he's pretty good. At, 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 and I think his form has actually improved universally. His form mm-hmm. for Serbia, the national team who have qualified for the World Cup, uh, is really good. So it's not like a total fluke where he's just playing on a really good Fulham squad in a division that favors their style of play. So I, I, I mean, I think he's probably at the peak of peak of his form. So if it's going to work at any point for him, this is going to be the season. So kind of like fingers crossed. Um, all right, let's go down to 16th place, Brandon Everton. Do they deserve mm-hmm. 16th place above some of these clubs? Not yet. No, Not yet. They're, they're getting the, uh, you know, the, the historic club bump. Here. Yeah. I think when we were discussing, exactly, we were discussing this, I think it was before they lost 4-0 to Minnesota United. Uh, but and, and then Lampard proceeded to throw all the players under the bus. And I'm like, dude, like, it's, it's preseason. They should, like, like, they should sack him, right? Like, he should. It's he not going to work. There. There's yeah. no way it works. Yeah. There's no way. Everton fans, I feel like even more than Leeds fans, will, will, are going to give us some some grief here. But hey, we don't have them in a relegated spot. So that's, that's something. And um, I, you know, I mean, the thing about... Okay, the thing about Everton is, right, you look at it from a fantasy perspective, I'm not seeing, like, a ton that I love here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, there, there is, like, I mean, you look at, like, Leeds, where they just have this kind of decimated defense, a bunch of new players that you hope can replicate what the players, you know, can Tyler Adams do what Calvin Phillips just did? Well, Calvin Phillips just got sold it for $40 million to to demand city. So probably not, you no. know, and it's like, can Brendan Aronson do what Rafinha did? Well, Rafinha just got sold for 40 million to Barcelona. So probably, you know, and so it's like, it's, it makes it tougher to, to put them above Everton. Whereas Everton have a lot of players that are not super exciting, but they are Jordan Pickford, Michael Keane, 
right? Like there's like a, yeah. you know, like a, a you know, um, a decore, like a, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, like a handful of players that, that would start or at least get minutes for very good squats. Right. And so it's, it, you know, it's a little easier, I think, to, to see a scenario where they're just kind of decent enough to, to survive this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't lose Richarlison to Spurs, which, 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 you know, they're another big loss. Richarlison really kind of carried them uh, down the stretch when it looked like, looked like they were down. Like there was a moment, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know, three or four weeks before the season. I think they ended up finishing four points clear, but it didn't feel that way at all uh, down the stretch. And uh, I mean, partially it was just Burnley. Burnley really collapsed. Yeah, they benefited from the teams below them just being so, so poor. It's true. Yeah. But um, so, you know, we'll see what they've kicked on. They haven't there's not a lot to, to talk about with new signings, which I'll talk about in a second. But they got a nice run to start the season. Uh, Chelsea's, you know, tough, tough opening fixture. But then Villa, Forest, Brentford, Leeds uh, in the next four. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have a pretty good sense of what we might be able to work with fantasy wise after the first few weeks of the season. I certainly won't be having anybody from Everton in my squad to kick things off. Uh, top players, we have uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, five goals and two assists still priced at the exact same price he was last year. Do you think his ceiling is five again, Josh? What do you think? I think he could do a little better than five. I think maybe <laughs> five and a half. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to score a half a goal this year. Uh-huh. No, I mean, he's a great player injured a lot of last season. He loses his strike partner. That that can't be good. Right. I mean, on the one hand, yeah, he's, he'll be even more of a target man, but that that's not really how that works. A lot of the time you need, you know, it's like you need someone to, to, to open up space for you, which is, yeah, it's true. I I think the best Calvert Lewin has ever been for Everton has been when he's scoring goals, getting service like really wide. Yeah. Uh, Like he's a great, he's so good in the air. So I wonder if it, if it helps him a little bit where now he's not going to be having to play off of, another a strike partner like Richarlison and now yeah. he's just going to be getting service right where he wants it that's true last year was kind of the Richarlison as it kind of had to be because he was mm-hmm. injured so much of last season but you know 16 goals and six success the previous year uh if you recall mm-hmm. I mean Dominic Cumberland was in many of our starting squads in game week one of last year I mean I think mm-hmm. everyone everyone really rates him highly I mean I still mm-hmm. think of that goal he scored in, in game week one uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago, um, against, I think it was game week one, uh, and a, and a Spurs match was this beautiful, um, long free kick from, from Luke, uh, Lucas Dean that just like just perfect, mm-hmm. perfect header. Um, you know, one of the best headers, of the ball in the premier league, at least when, when in form. So, um, you know, let's see if he can bounce back a little bit. I, if he was at 7.5, he'd be a little more fun. He'd be kind of in that forward range. He's, he's almost like premium now. I mean, it's like, do you want dominant covered Lewin? on a team without a lot of midfield assets or do you want Gabriel Jesus? Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. they're the same price. And yeah. so it's, it's kind of hard to, to, to go with him at the moment, but you know, let's see, let's see how it works out. Or maybe, you know, somebody gets injured and, and he starts off strong and we want to mm-hmm. consider him. I mean, um, so, uh, the midfield is a little messy still. Um, there's a lot of like rumors, a lot, a lot of Burnley players are in the conversation. Jesus Christ. Cornet, Cornet, they 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 keep trying to they keep going back, and I, even even McNeil, who is a, an official my boy candidate, McNeil is uh, <laughs> is also being rumored, and I think it's because McNeil, I think down the stretch, I believe Burnley won like had like a sizable victory at at Goodison, 
And I think that I think that uh, McNeil was heavily involved in that. And so I think mm-hmm. Dwight McNeil might have earned himself an Everton left paycheck left an impression based Great. on that performance. Yeah. But okay. Cornea, I actually really like. I, I think yeah. they should they should try to bring him in. He's, he's a you know quality player. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's, it's kind of hard to rate him uh, now that he's at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he was at Burnley. So you have Damari Gray. It's kind of interesting, actually. Damari Gray and Anthony Gordon, you can almost think of together because they're sort of Demari Gray was incredibly hot at the start of the season, mm-hmm. uh, then tailed off a little bit, kind of recovered a little right at the end. 5.5 million mid, five goals, five assists last year. Anthony Gordon came on very late, uh, mm-hmm. does not look like a good player. I don't know what else to say. He looks, he's like, he looks tiny. It's he, like he, lo- look, yeah. he, he looks like the, you know, the, the private who uh, dies in the captain's arms in the, the trench of world war one and some dramatic BBC <laughs> recreation. He's, he's like, one of the guys, Oh, he's one, where yeah. am I hit? Is it bad? Yeah, it's a real like opening scene of saving private Ryan kind of, kind of look. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, but, but anyway, he's, he, but I actually really enjoy watching him play. Play. He plays a lot of fire. It's just, you know, it's just one of those guys. If you saw him walking down the street, wouldn't necessarily know that he was a premier like quality player. But anyway, he uh, has nothing to do with my point here. He has a 5.5 million midfielder, scored four goals and three assists last season, which again, doesn't sound that impressive, but it was really all in the second half of the season when he started to kind of earn Lampard's trust and get some minutes. And, um, you know, I really like him. I and mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if anyone on Everton, if they kind of like took off as a fantasy asset, I think mm-hmm. that outside of some, some signing that hasn't come yet, I think that Gordon could, could be the one, uh, Michael Lenko is another player that, um, I think is, is worth considering. He is a 4.5 million defender. Again, he came, I think he was a January signing, uh, came on strong late and then he scored a brace in today's friendly. So oh, wow. Okay. Today that is July twenty fourth friendly. So <laughs> they had a little, they had a nice little bounce back from that Minnesota United loss. And uh, but Michael Lenko, uh, I think he's kind of um, you know four point five million. Like it kind of it's kind of weird because everyone's going so heavy at the back right now that the, these four point five million guys have been kind of ignored. But decent start to the season, and it's just kind of hard to take a, a defender in a Frank Lampard team. I have to say, you know, and. Yeah. It's tough, you know, because you see the brace, but then you see four four nothing loss to mention, you know, to Minnesota United, and it's I, I've said that like nine times now, but it's hard to get out of your head once you hear it, you know. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, to uh, yeah, and, and he's got soccer. the the Ukrainian pride. I think that you know that's that's a driving force emotionally for a, a lot of Ukrainian players right now, which is really cool to see. And for him to, yeah, I, I feel like he got subbed off early when he started under Lampard a lot towards the end of last season. So good to see him having a great preseason right now to hopefully ensure more minutes for him. Yeah. And I think that he, he, I, you know, I, I, I would be almost, wow, just getting a, you know, so tongue tied here, Brent, because I'm just so excited about Mike Alenko. But I, I, you know, I think he's a, you know, sure starter early on. And, uh, you know, you got a couple other players back there, too. I mean, Pickford is at 4.5 million now, which uh, there was a, it's just a diss on Pickford. It's kind of funny. I feel like he started the year like 5.5 at once. Like, you know, it's a 4.5, maybe, maybe it was only five, but he's, I don't think he started the year at 4.5 in a a while. So, um, you know, reasonable price and uh, Michael Keane also 4.5 million, you know, kind of a steady as she comes kind of center back, but he's, you know, got a little bit of nose for goal. So um, I'm not going to go heavy on either of those two players, but they're there and they're cheap. So, you know, more to consider. Um, talked about the new sign-ins. There's just not a ton to talk about so far. I mean, James Tarkowski signed. Um, he's just 4.5 million. So we've got ourselves a 
we got a Tark in the house, Brandon, which is always uh, always fun. Uh, I like Tarkowski, and uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, you know, it's, and it's, you should too. Yeah, and you should too. It's certainly a smart sighting for Everton. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, and uh, Harry Winks, Den Donker, uh, some other players are rumored. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. You could see how a, a Winks could be a really nice signing for them and, and really like, you know, sort of like box to box type mm-hmm. type guy. I think it feels like they maybe need, um, you know, a, a partner for, um, uh, for, um, what's his name? The, uh, Decore. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Should never, mm-hmm. I should never say what's his name on the pod, but it never sounds good when I say that. <laughs> it, it's just like me trying to like see if my brain can come up with the name of the player or not. Mm-hmm. Decore has his moments. Certainly. Uh, I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't, I didn't have him on here, but he's 5.5. Two goals and five assists last season. I mean, ultimately, he, he kind of is who he is. Like, you're just not I, – I, you can't really recommend him for fantasy because it's just – he might get hot for a couple of weeks, but he's just long-term not going to be a player that you want in your fantasy side. Yeah. Brandon, that's the first five of our 10-team preview. Let's take a quick break. We'll get back, and let's do the final five. All right, we're back. Second part of our team preview. Kick us off, please, with the number 15 team. At number 15, it's Wolverhampton Wanderers. And wow, I actually became much more interested in Wolves assets after talking to FPL Black Wolf on our Patreon pod yep. uh, last Thursday. But also just looking at all, all these preseason results for Wolves. And Wolves are just like going for it with the preseason. They've already played six matches. I think they have one more preseason match to go. That's, that's crazy. And they're lighting up some of these teams. They scored yeah. four goals against Forest Green Rovers, three against Burnley, four against Alavez. You don't, you don't do that, Brandon. Nobody scores four on Forest Green Rovers. FGR, no, it's very, you know? it's yeah. very hard to do. It's yeah. Knowing yeah. what I know about Forest Green Rovers, <laughs> I've, I've not seen a 4-1 scoreline like that in quite some time. Uh, so I mean, who, and who's scoring these goals? Well, of course, everyone thought that, uh, Pedro Neto was kind of a flight of fancy for FPL managers with their early drafts, because looking at Wolves opening fixtures, FPL managers rightly said, well, if Wolves can get off on the right foot, they've got incredible fixtures to start leads in game week one, followed by Fulham at home. Spurs, Newcastle, Bournemouth, and then Southampton until they run up against Liverpool and City back to back in game weeks uh, seven and eight. So we're gonna we're gonna know a lot more about Wolves by the time we get to those rough fixtures, and we might think about dropping our players. But yep. Pedro Neto at five point five. Now that we're seeing him play in the preseason, he's scoring goals. We got these fixtures all set up. It's starting to make a lot of sense. Uh, so uh what what else can we say about wolves so they've got one new signing that's come in nathan collins you know everton said we'll take tarkovsky wolf said we'll take nathan collins so he's 24 year old irish center back we got another one coming too brandon oh my god ben me is ben me coming in there's a me in the house (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh yeah when when collins played for burnley uh he he showed some good signs especially fantasy wise two goals last season and in limited starts so if if he comes in and fills the roman sace role which dan fpl black wolf was suggesting when we spoke to him last week I think at 4.5, it's, it could be an interesting component to our drafts, considering Connor Cody used to be Mr. 4.5 for yeah. Wolves. If you couldn't afford Sace, if you couldn't afford Johnny, then go for Connor Cody. Well, Connor Cody finally got his 
armband price bump that he's been lobbying for season after season. He's 5.0. So um, like stupid high. I mean, give me a break. Like, why is he 5.0? Yeah, but but I did mention Johnny there. And uh, yeah, he was he was out injured for so much of last season. And I think we could benefit from that because he's also at 4.5 coming back from injury. We saw that he was capable of getting back to scoring and assisting late last season. For me, if you look at uh, the big story for Wolves last season was goalkeeper Jose Saw. First season just played out of his skin, uh, was easily the best budget uh, uh, goalkeeper option. He had his Emmy Martinez season last year. Now, so I was like, how does that actually compare to the Emmy Martinez season when Martinez went, went to Villa during that season? Martinez got nine, uh, 142 saves, which is, which is actually staggering because yeah. last season, Jose saw got 121 saves, uh, yeah. from that 11 clean sheets and 11 bonus. The drop off for having a crazy season like that, Martinez went from 142 saves two seasons ago to 95 saves last season. Wow. So what that to me demonstrates is, you know, the, how many how many shots are are Wolves letting on target? How many saves is Saw actually being asked to make, and and is that likely to just keep happening? And yeah. is he likely to keep ma- making those saves? So up to five point oh, I feel like we're in that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a dead zone for a yeah. guy like Jose Saw because I think we've got much more compelling options yeah. at five point oh. And if like, he was four point five, yeah. he'd be in a lot of squads right now, wouldn't he? Like I think five so. Makes it yeah, tricky. yeah. I, I totally agree with these fixtures and all. But then you you know now he's competing with Mendy and Pope, and like you're saying, Josh, yeah. you could just spend point five more, and you've got a set and forget and Ederson for the rest of the season. So I'm wondering if Jose Saw is a bit of a trap fantasy wise. I mean, the good guys, as mentioned, Pedro Neto at 5.5. Also at 5.5 is Daniel Podence. Oh, Danny, Danny P. <laughs> I've been, Danny I've had his, I've, I have a fondness for him. Now, I think our, our friend Dan, uh, uh, Chancer Dan, described him as a sparrow and like his, his little tiny brittle bones <laughs> will break uh, at the slightest gust of wind. And that's always your concern with Podence. But he is such a dynamic attacking positive player and mm-hmm. uh he's already uh scored twice uh, actually three times in the preseason so um potence is an interesting way to zig where other people are going netto yeah Jimenez, it's, just, it's just so risky because you think so well, I mean, just because he can't stay healthy, you know it's just it's just this the recurring uh, mm-hmm. problem with him is that he just cannot stay healthy. And, and so it's like, it'd be fun to do them, but then it's almost like you've got to like, you know, you got to bank one of your precious 38 transfers. Maybe it doesn't matter as much this year. You know, honestly, I've heard people talk about, um, you know, how does having a effectively third wild card change your season, right? Because you have, um, you have unlimited transfers when the, when the world cup starts and, and the season resumes. And maybe it is that you can take more risks on the really injury prone guys. Because you can kind of drop if it doesn't work out. You know, sometimes you don't, you just want to be stuck with these players for, you know, like 12 weeks or whatever, right? Because you just always have a more pressing issue or you don't want to burn four to do it or whatever. Uh, But maybe he makes a little more sense now. Because I mean, I like him as a player. I think a lot, most of us do. But it's just Mm -hmm. been such a, you know, problem over the years, him staying healthy. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Jimenez 7.0, uh, six goals, five assists for the very, he struggled a lot last season coming back from his traumatic head injury. Uh, but he's, he's playing, he's scoring in the preseason. I'm sure he's ready to sort of make up for lost time. I can't imagine Jimenez views last season as a proper season for him, just given all right. the issues that he was trying to fight so through. Black, Black Wolf mentioned on the pod we did with him on Thursday that he think he thinks he really struggled with that head wrap last mm-hmm. year that, you know, both, both heading the ball and also probably running with it. Right. Like it's yeah. gotta be, it's gotta throw off your balance a little bit. I mean, maybe I'm like reading into too much of it, but I, I, I imagine having like a, a thick wrap on your head would, would maybe change your, you just every, you think about everything, every right? little thing yeah. matters, right? They, uh, I remember Michael Jordan, he spent one off season for the bulls, just hitting the gym and putting on more muscle. Cause he was, yep. t- he was tired of getting fouled in the paint all the time. And he said that putting on that muscle just threw off his jump shot completely he had to retrain himself, how to, uh, shoot from, from the arc. And so, yeah, like yeah. Jordan's muscle mass is him and as his headband. I've had that problem before when I've, with my you muscles, you know, muscle. yeah, I've put too much yeah. muscles, made it hard lay, to do things. Lay, yeah. lay off that protein powder, my, <laughs> my son. Um, so some unanswered questions here. Adama Traore, of course, he he left for a loan to Barcelona. He's yep. he's playing for Wolves in the preseason right now. So if if he stays and he's priced at 5.5, always fun. Yeah. Always fun. Uh, probably gonna leave, but if he stayed, that would be that yeah, would be fun. Yeah. Just want to just want to flag that for the listeners, uh, uh, and just flagging also like bad picks, Moutinho and Neves. Uh, it always seems like a good idea when you've got just enough funds. Hey, Wolves are doing all right. Maybe I'll yeah. get these guys. Yeah, Moutinho uh, just scored like one of his, you know. Whatever from from yeah. seventy five yards out, perhaps <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like went through nine defenders somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great player, and but yeah, Huang Hee Chan. Uh, he had moments last season. Just only ended up with five goals and one assist, which I don't think speaks to like how good he was when he was good. Yeah. But priced at six point oh, I think he's just a, a bit of a trap right now. Yeah. So Wolves, I think it's all about Neto, possibly Potence, maybe Jimenez, and the rest. I, I'm not really going to look at their defense too much. They've got Johnny on the left, but they still have a right back problem. Samedo, Eight Nuri, they haven't solved that problem I think they're playing Johnny on the right at the moment and Eight Nuri on the left. But Eight Nuri is kind of inconsistent. He's had some – I mean, they've had some real problems in the the left wing. uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, the left wing back spot for, for a while now. Yeah. So uh, that's Wolves. Let's move on to 14th place, Joshua. All right, Brentford is our 14th place team. Could have had him higher, honestly. I think, um, you know, they they uh, losing Erickson was the one thing that threw me off just a little bit. Um, although, of course, I'm not, did they even lose him? Or it's more like they just didn't get him back, right? Because I think he was he just signed, signed a very season. short-term contract. Yeah. yeah. But uh, 13th place last year. So uh, somewhat up and down season, I would say. There was a moment, I feel like, around uh, the festive fixtures where it felt like this team's going down. You know, just yeah. maybe, especially after Rhea went down injured. Uh, but then they more or less recovered and they were fine. By the time the spring rolled around, they were pretty much totally safe. And Which did coincide with the arrival of Christian Erickson. So that's my big question mark over Brentford right now. And yeah. I, we we agree, Josh, we're going to put them high, like 
higher mm-hmm. than I'm going to suggest with this comment at 14th. I do think that they've got the yeah the squad and the manager to do it. But Erickson really triggered that revitalization and him leaving. I don't know if that takes them back to where they yeah. were when they were really flailing. They've got some interesting signings, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. And I think they have some players who I think could could push on um, a little bit too. So uh, fixtures, slightly tough start. They play Leicester away, Man United at home. Uh, and then it's really a nice run uh, into what could be your game week eight wild card. Uh, Fulham, Everton, Palace, Leeds, Southampton. So top players, you have Ivan Tony. We talked about him a lot already in this pod. Feels like Ivan Tony has been the... When was he going to appear, Brandon? You know, he was the much <laughs> he was always there. name. Yeah, he was always there. Um, yeah, when there was one 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 set of audio mm-hmm. audio tracks, Brandon. That's mm-hmm. when Ivan Tony carried us. Mm-hmm. Um, so seven million, twelve goals, five assists after uh, after a terrific season, the championship the year before. He was basically the Mitro before Mitro in terms of just <laughs> absolutely destroying the yeah. championship. Uh, not always the most consistent player, one goal or zero goals and one assist in the final six games. Feels like that's still with some of us. Cause I think a lot of us took a chance on him late yeah. kind of like, Oh, he's back. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. You know? And we, he kind of bookended the season with some disappointing performances. He wasn't great at the start of last season yeah. and he wasn't great at the finish. And again, we're talking about fantasy here. I, I, mm-hmm. but I think both of us really like Tony as a player. Like yes. he's, you know, really creative and unselfish and and can score takes a good pen all that stuff but fantasy wise not always the most fun player to own i could see myself having tony at some point i don't want to make it sound like i'm coming in negative on tony but he's not a player i'm super excited about owning at this moment in in fantasy i have to say the player that weirdly i'm kind of excited about is brian and bomo uh he's now now classified as a six million forward uh, four goals and seven assists and 38 total appearances last season. Only four goals, but a 9.7 XG on the season. So that is a dramatic drop. And this is why he was a source of some frustration among kind of analytics FC last year, mm-hmm. because he was a player that he just seemed like he should be doing better than he is. Right. And he was so, hitting the woodwork with virtually every strike of the ball. Yeah. I remember Luis, I'm not comparing the two, but I remember Luis Suarez had a season like that once where it was just like, he had the woodwork like nine times for, for but he still goal. scored like more than 20 goals in the process. That's true. He I was Luis was... Suarez. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I could have done even more. Uh, but you know, uh, so only four goals, seven assists, 30 appearances. Uh, he's only 22 years old though. And mm. He is good. Like he's a, he's a good player. He's fun to watch. Uh, I am definitely. I, I don't know. I, I like their fixtures early on enough that I think he's. I mean, first of all, that Man United fixture in game week two is that even a bad fixture? It's not clear. I mean, their defense no. does not look strong in the in the preseason. So, mm-hmm. I think really, and even Leicester away. I don't know. I mean, like I wouldn't be like a wouldn't be a terrible thing to to start with him. So if I set up a team that has three forwards. It would not be impossible for me to have Brian. It would like that would not be an insane thing for me to have mm-hmm. Bomo on my squad. Um, again, that sort of depends on what what sort of team I, I put together. But um, so anyway, I, I think that he's one to watch though, and I think that if you're looking for somebody cheap, I might drop one million down from from Tony to Bomo. Now that that might be something that people really disagree with, but I think that one million can make a big difference in terms of how you can upgrade the rest of your squad. Uh, David Rea, 4.5 million, uh, missed 14 games with a knee injury last season. Uh, still picked up uh, eight clean sheets, though. Um, you know, Rea is interesting because it's, you know, you, don't, you look at last season's returns and it's not like massively impressive, but he was incredible the first 
quarter of last season before he he went mm. down with an injury. It was really mm. you know, keeping Brentford in matches, just played it put extraordinarily well, starting to make his way into some fantasy teams. Then he got the injury, and and Brentford just were so poor for a while that I think even when he came back, he was just he was just permanently off the table as yeah. a, as a consideration. So I think um, you know again, it's it's a crowded goalkeeper rotation right now, but I think that he's. One of the premier, I think, 4.5 million uh, keepers, especially if you're looking for a 4.5 million keeper to get you through to like a first wild card. I think that um, Ray is a really good candidate for that. So if you try to, you know, if you're trying to put together a team where you just it's really top heavy, right? You want to have um, Sala and Holland and Gabriel Jesus and Harry Kane, right? Mm-hmm. And every 0.5 million is going to be super crucial, and you just need somebody that's 4.5 million to get you through to that first wild card. I mm-hmm. think Ray at 4.5 million could be a, a pretty decent pick. And I think that ultimately, if you're looking at, again, we're going to play almost everyone's going to play that first wild card. Or you, you really have no reason not to, because you're going to mm-hmm. get that, that, that what amounts to a wild card just in November, you know, when, when the world cup starts. So, um, you know, if you think about it just as an eight week window, I think that, um, Raya really could be, um, a, a good option there. Uh, and their defense has not been strengthened, Brandon, because finally he appears. Ben Me. <laughs> me in the house. <laughs> me has me has joined. And I just like it. Do you see he did he's did this like carbon neutral thing where he's like uh, don't I think it's like he's donating money for every uh, I don't know. It's like something about like every flight they take uh, as as mm-hmm. as like Premier League players, like they He's like the new Leighton Baines. He just looks cool. Yeah. You know? He's a just, very yeah, socially yeah. conscious guy. I remember him yeah. speaking very articulately during, uh, you know, post George Floyd when there was a lot of contentious back and forth about players taking a knee, uh, yeah. Burnley fans responding poorly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, Ben Mee is a really cool, interesting character outside of the the football stadium. But, yeah, he's he, I've had good times, good fantasy times with Ben yeah. Me. I always thought it looked cool when he got injured late last season, just chilling on the sidelines. Like he was like a, he was like another coach over there, just like chilling with the he wasn't even with the players. He was just chilling with the coaches. Um, so yeah, so Ben Me's joined, should strengthen up the defense a little bit. Uh they have a couple other signings that they have that I'm I'm kind of interested in. One is uh Keen Lewis Potter, just like a real like what a great name, Brandon. It's, it's gonna make Josh mm. Lannon's all name team right there. KLP, Keen Lewis mm-hmm. Potter, 21-year-old English left winger. Had uh, 13 goals, three assists, and 48 appearances for Hull in the championship. Comes in as a 5.5 million mid. The other player who's, I think, even more interesting is Aaron Hickey. Left back. He's a 20-year-old Scottish left back who had five goals and one assist for Bologna in Serie A last season. He played like 40 games for Bologna as like a 19-year-old Scottish left back, and he scored five goals. Cool. So, um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, annoyingly, they priced him at five million. I think at, at four point five, he would have been fun. But uh-huh. five million for a Brentford defender? I'm not sure. Uh, that seems a little high. I have a rule that's, every every season. I start game week uh, one with a player who has passed through the Bologna system in my squad. That's true. That's you. You like it's like things have changed so much in the world, but I, I'm glad you still do mm-hmm. the Bologna role. Cause I think it's really, it's, and it's helped you. I think it's really helped you over the years too. One other player, uh, you know, Johan Wissa came on late, kind of like uh, the Anthony Gordon of Brentford. He had, uh, uh, seven goals, two assists, but four goals, one assist came in the final nine matches. And part of the problem is he only started six of those nine though. It's, it's not clear that he is a bonafide starter for, mm-hmm. for Brentford. And I, and I think with, with, you know, with my with my boy Keen mm. Lewis Potter in there now, Brandon. I'm just not sure. 
uh, what's going on uh, up front. You know, I, I think Mbomo and yeah, Mbomo and Tony are clearly solid up there, but I'm not I'm not sure. You know, if there's kind of a third spoke or whatever, uh, sure. you know, who, who that's going to be yet. So I think everyone else is kind of a one to watch, but I think you can make an argument for Rhea and Mbomo. I feel like as we get up the table here, there's more players that I think you can start to consider at least as like a bench spot or kind of a possible starter, rotational starter. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the 13th place team, Brandon. Thirteenth place is Southampton, a team which I kind of think is in insane team. I don't really know how to frame my you have the like, discussion of Southampton. You, your like Hoisenhoodle thing is like you really he makes you feel something weird. It's like he brings something out of you. I'm not sure. I what yeah. Exactly. I I don't know why I feel. I feel like I feel competitive against Hoisenhoodle. <laughs> like. <laughs> like he and I are playing the same game and I, I want to be better than him. Like uh, Haas and Hood will never know I exist. And, <laughs> and that's fine. But like, get this Southampton have to, to date played two preseason friendlies, both in Austria. And so like did Haas and arrange these friendlies around like some family visits or something like that? Like the Alpine Klopp. I, I, there, there's just something shady with this guy. I, and I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> so yeah, Southampton, all my personal feelings aside, got a weird start to the season, starting with Spurs in game week one. Then they home host Leeds, Leicester, Manchester United, and Chelsea both home. Bad Things kind of free up a little bit after that. Wolves, Brentford, Villa, Everton. But I, I, I'm not really ever sure whether it's game week one or game week 25, what you get from Southampton like one week Southampton dudes are the best dudes and another week Southampton guys are just (laughs) the worst uh I mean the the and the only guy who really ever escapes criticism justifiably so is James Ward Prowse and you know we've seen JWP grow up from a uh you know a small time 4.5 bench option to where he is now priced at 6.5 and last season was like a genuinely good season for him from a fantasy perspective with 10 goals and five assists i do i i do wonder if jwp could add more assists to that game I, and i think maybe he's just if if they gave him better strikers to pass to then maybe he could yeah. <coughs> up that assist number the assist tally uh Southampton though doing business in the offseason to basically remake their team as it seems like they do quite often uh lots of action in the goal mouth for Southampton Gavin Bazunu coming in from Man City uh he, last season he was on loan at Portsmouth and had a kind of a I don't know if you call it a breakout season but a good season 20 year 20 year old Irish guy uh so he's a young goalkeeper and the question here will be since Fraser Forrester goes to Spurs to be a backup keeper there, you now are reminded that Willie Caballero, uh, the journeyman old ancient goalkeeper, is there and he is priced at 4.0. So how long is it going to take for Bazunu wow. to be the starting goalkeeper? I mean, it it probably is game week one or maybe Caballero becomes an interesting 4.0 guy to put on your bench. I think regardless, like even if it's still kind of up in the air, uh, 
Caballero could be an interesting guy just to slot on your bench, even if you, you never play him. Interesting. Yeah. The Zuno, he, he was in the Godfather, right? Wasn't he uh, the one who, um, yeah, he, he said, uh, on, uh, yeah. yeah, take the gun, <laughs> leave the shin pads. Very memorable. God, that was horrible, horrible, horrible joke. <laughs> All right. What other, what other, you put me in a, a very cliche situation there. I did. Josh. Yeah. Uh, okay. What other signings have Southampton made? Uh, Matsu's and this, like this list of names is very Southampton. Just like a it's very true. international. <laughs> Matuzi <laughs> Lise, Armel Bella Kachip. Romeo Lavia, Joe Aribo. Uh, so I, 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 I'm into it. Which one should we be paying attention to? Well, Joe Aribo is coming from Glasgow Rangers, 26-year-old Nigerian midfielder. Uh, Romeo Lavia, another Man City import, probably just uh, deepening the squad, young young defensive midfielder there. Uh, and yeah, Matezio, Matizi Lise. Matty's lease, another goalkeeper. They are rich with goalkeepers on oh, the South are. Coast right three now. Keep, three new keepers. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's going to play. I don't know who's going to start. Uh, but if I were to say good guys to look at, it would be James Ward-Prowse at 6.5. Che Adams, still probably the preferred striker up front. Yep. Uh, he's at 6.5. Seven goals and four assists last season. But, yeah, I think... It's easy to give stick to Che Adams because he's not kind of kicked on and you just feel like there's more potential for him. Will he ever achieve it? Yeah. This I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, you've, you've always been like this with Shea though. You're like the disappointed dad. You know, yeah. you really, you want, I don't know. It's like the first time I saw him come up. I was like, I like this guy. I like his mm-hmm. style, I like his swagger. And you know, you wait patiently for it all to come together and it never quite does. Yeah. And then, you know, it only ever comes together in matches when you don't have him in your fantasy team, which then adds to the the anger issues that I have. Uh, so, so there so we are. I mean, yeah. any you have any strong feelings about Southampton coming out of last season? It was just it was an odd season for them. They, yeah, you know, there was a moment where they almost got pulled into the relegation scrap. So it's like they. Southampton as a club have built like a solid enough club system where I don't think yeah. we're going to worry about them yeah, throughout the course of the season. But are they even going to play a role in our fantasy team? That That's what I'm not sure about. Yeah, a little bit like Brentford. You know, you sort of like it feels like this is just the right spot, the table for them. And, um, you know, because the, the club is solid enough. And yeah, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, fantasy wise, I, I mean, to me, it's like, this one's easy because it's just they have they've got a bad start to the season, you know. Four of their first five fixtures are pretty tough. Um, let's see where we are in five weeks. You know, yeah. I feel like every year there's a couple teams that we barely talk about the preseason because it's just a bad run to start. Mm-hmm. And and like They're I mean, how can we? Enough. Yeah, I mean, how can we recommend someone that plays Spurs, Leicester, Man United, and Chelsea in four of their first five, yeah. right? And right. They, they even play Man City a, a few weeks after that. So it's like just get all the really tough ones out of the way, and then and then let's talk. You know, again. Yeah. All right, twelfth and eleventh place yet to go this episode. Uh, who's Let's in the twelfth position? Yeah. yeah, in twelfth we have Brighton. Woo. Talk about a system like yeah, same thing really, but like just like slightly slightly mm-hmm. better system. I feel like, or at least more consistent. I don't know if it's better. You know, I mean they they have a really good manager, which is I think what they have over true. some of these clubs. Yeah. 
you know, not always everyone's most everyone's favorite manager, right? I mean, the fact that they they finished ninth place last season, but with a minus two goal differential, right? It's it's a team that you almost you you, you know it's, it's a little bit like Roy Hodgson when he was at um what was it West or no Crystal Palace of course mm-hmm. when Hodgson was at Palace there was maybe I, maybe it's not a maybe I'm damning Potter with this comparison I actually really think Hodgson's a great manager but you know just a feeling like is this style. Is this a team that could nick its way to like fifth place, or is there something about this style that like they're never quite going to push on and like mm-hmm. even like challenge for a Europa League spot? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying I have. I know what the answer is to that question. Um, Brighton fans would, would, I'm sure, have a more um, stronger feelings about that. But you know, um, there's some some a little bit of worry here. I think, which is that uh, Basum is gone. Right, mm-hmm. high quality box to box midfielder has moved on. Cucurella likely gone too. he's been you know one of those players but just been rumored all summer to to move on and now now they're in that like negotiating price stage but that's you know usually that if, if the club they're negotiating with has enough money then usually that's going to end uh one way and i you know man city look like they're, they're sort of the, the front runner right now mm-hmm. to, to bring him in kind of as like a i, I suppose he'd be like a backup kind of option um, he'd be the news in the news in exactly so so we'll see what happens there um fixtures Great start season. I mean, you know, I was talking about Rea before, but I think Robert Sanchez uh, is another uh, another 4.5 keeper that you'd have to consider. I mean, he's kind of frustrating. On the one hand, you get back-to-back double-digit clean sheet seasons, right? Mm-hmm. 10 and 11 in the last two seasons. But he doesn't get a ton of saves, which can make him a kind of frustrating player to own in fantasy. He finished ninth in the Premier League in total saves last season. And if you're not getting a lot of saves, you're not getting a lot of bonus points either. And mm-hmm. so you really, it's like, he's a real six or two kind of, kind of fantasy keeper, right? Mm-hmm. Either get six points for the, the start in the clean sheet or two points for the two saves and the one goal conceded. Why and, couldn't they just price yeah. him at 5.0? So I don't have to think about him. <laughs> yeah, I don't I like this. <laughs> I know. I don't think either of us have like loved having him and it's fantasy, not, it's never fun. No, I know. I it's, went it's from true. Sanchez to, to Mendy and it was like going from not strength to not strength fantasy wise last <laughs> yeah, season. I know. I think that's why we're all still struggling. We're looking for Mendy alternatives. Um, but uh, so you, have, you have Sanchez, you have uh, Neil Mape, who is at this point, you get what you get and and you don't get upset as we say to our kid, you know, it's a, uh, uh, as me, me and my wife say to our kid, not, not, not the kid that you and I share, Brandon. Um, <laughs> More <laughs> on that later. <laughs> uh, 10 goals, eight goals, eight goals the last three seasons. So you're going to get between eight and 10 goals from, from Neil Pompey every year. Um, probably unownable at 6.5 million, way too high. Should be six, mm-hmm. could even be 5.5, honestly. <laughs> um, and so I think that he's, he's probably one you can, you can avoid. Um, uh, Trossard had something of a breakout season last year with eight goals and four assists. I mean, you know, he's, he started playing further forward, um, you know, and so maybe these, the, the actual returns have to be kind of taken with a grain of salt as well. Um, for a team that doesn't score that much, I, I still think he's, I, I wish he was at 5.5. He's a little, is a little bit pricey. And so, you know, I, I know that I keep complaining about the prices for some of these players, but it just, it just makes it hard to own them. You know, when, the, when they're in that six, 6.5 million range, when, when there, there are players you can own in like top six clubs that are there at that same price and who are going to start, you know I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not like the biggest Marcus Rashford fan in the world, but you know, it looks like he's probably going to start this year and he's 6.5 million. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard not to, 
look at him, and especially when you look at a team like like Brighton, who have some good players, but you know they finished fifteenth in total goals scored last season. You know, it's just it's it's hard to look at the number of goals that they score and kind of want any of their forwards or atta- or midfielders, you know, in your squad. Right. So, um, you know, one sign that is interesting is uh, Dennis Umdov, who had uh, 26 goals and 37 appearances in the Belgian first division. So you can say, sure, it's Belgian, but still 26 and 37 is impressive. I don't care what league you're in, you know? And so, um, and I, I, I just love the way that Brighton raid, like the Belgian league, the Swiss league, you know, like what are they like the Luxembourg league? Like it feels like if you're like in like a central Europe, like Brighton have like, they have great scouts in that area. It feels like they're, mm-hmm. they're often, often scouting that, you know, it's interesting. So anyway, um, I think that, you know, Undav is, is someone to consider. He's 5.5 million. Certainly not anybody I would consider having in my squad this, this early in the season, but um, you know, so I think defensively that's, that's still probably your best bet. But even that worries me a little bit because if you're losing Cucurella and Basuma, um, that probably opens up the spot for some really cheap defenders to, to come in and be viable fantasy assets because Cucurella is priced at $5 million. But um, there's no one that I'm just like really itching to to get. I I, I guess the one thing that I... Tariq Lamptey at 4.5? I mean, I've done the Lamptey thing. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it's just hard to get excited about him. He's, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, he's like potence, you know? He just can't yeah. stay. I, I hate it because I am not a very tall person myself and I hate to see players like potence and... <laughs> And Lamptey not be able to stay healthy, but it's it just feels like it's it's always going to be a little bit of struggle for him. You know, he's yeah. like he's like he's like four eleven. You know, it's just like it's a tough. He's probably like taller than me. I don't know. He he yeah. looked he seems short, but uh, regardless, he's, he's been pretty injury prone. Um, Lewis Dunk is now down to four point five million. Yeah, I suppose that's the he was he's been a little more expensive the last couple of years. So Dunk at four point five. He gets going, you know, kind of weird, actually. I was going to say he used to be something of a bonus point magnet. He had 17 and 17 the two previous seasons before last. And then last year he had just seven bonus points, um, only one goal scored. And that, that's after scoring five the previous season. And the season before that, he had three goals and three assists. So if you expect any kind of return to form for Lewis Dunk, you know, because uh, you know, you know you're going to get double digit clean sheets, right? And so if you could just get, a couple more goals and some more bonus points. I think he's a really viable 4.5 yeah. million player. Yeah. Yeah. I just going back to Robert Sanchez real quick. The, the annoying thing about him was he could never get to three saves. And I do wonder how much of that had to do with Basuma being so present in the, the deep yeah. midfield. And if Brighton are going to see a few more shots on target, that they're going to let a few more, come through uh, if they're meaning they're going to be a little less defensively yeah. sound it could be actually be a good thing for robert sanchez so maybe because as long as he saves them right he's got to save him that's the key <laughs> that's the key all right anything else uh, on the goals no. before we move on i think we're ready to move on all right 11 rounding out our bottom 10 is uh steven gerrard's aston villa best of the worst yeah and and i feel like if if any of these teams have the best chance of finishing in the top 10 it, it surely is villa which is i guess why why we put them poised here on the bubble i don't really still know what to make of villa under steven gerrard after what we saw last season it was it wasn't quite a circus but i think coutinho coming in uh you know it worked a little bit and in in some ways it, it didn't really what what Villa were looking for all last season was 
who is going to elevate this club to where we were when Jack Grealish was here doing his thing? Is it going to be right. Buendia? Is it going to be Coutinho? Yeah. Uh, is it going to be, I don't know, it looks like it might be Leon Bailey, Josh, because it yeah. has been the preseason of Leon Bailey who has uh, scored two goals, uh, one against Walsall, which must mm-hmm. have really been uh, wonderful for another goal scorer, Cameron Archer. Uh, who's a 24-year-old English English forward who is from Walsall. He scored a, no a, uh, in front of his home. Buried the Can lead. you believe it? No. So uh, Cameron Archer kind of jumped out at me as I was looking at what was going on with Villa this season because he is 4.5 and he's scoring goals, which is a lot more than our buddy at Leeds Greenwood is doing yeah. right now. So ladies and gentlemen, looking for a 4.5 seat filler in your front three, Please consider Cameron Archer. Okay. Uh, Bailey is is picked is predicted to start come game week one in a front three with uh, Ollie Watkins and Coutinho. Okay. So okay. I think I think uh, I think Leon Bailey at five is actually quite a steal. Now he finishes with one goal and three assists last season. Uh, but again, if he becomes a regular starter in this squad, I think he's dynamic and gifted enough. Yeah, I think he uh, didn't he have an injury. I'll, I'll look this up as you're talking, but I, I feel yeah. like he had an injury last season that, that yeah. took him out of it. Yeah, so we we didn't see enough of him. And that's when a player like Jacob Ramsey came in and right. uh, became a little bit more a uh, f- focal point for cheap fantasy. Jacob Ramsey now up at 5.5 and also probably in the starting 11 for Villa. So if we're... If we're thinking about how Gerard is going to set up, it's probably going to be McGinn and Ramsey on the right and left, and in front of them, Bailey, Coutinho, and Watkins in the nine, which I think makes Danny Ings just a bad, a bad player to go with to start the season. I mean, you you yep. know Danny Ings, he's a class finisher, but his minutes are so wildly unpredictable more than ever in this Villa squad. So I think he's just completely off the table. Uh, any any info there on Leon Bailey, Joshua? Yeah, he uh, missed some time with what Transfer Market calls thigh problems. Yeah, yeah, we've wow. all been there. We've all been there, yeah. Uh, Coutinho made his move permanent from Barcelona, $17 million fee. Uh, interesting other signings. Bubakar Kamara coming in from Marseille, a 22-year-old French defensive midfielder. Uh, and you know, it looks like, uh, Gerard really likes him to play centrally, not a fantasy pick by any stretch. Another, uh, player coming in, who's probably going to start is Diego Carlos, who is a Brazilian center back who's coming in from Sevilla, probably Mm going to play alongside Mings replacing Kansa. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's priced accordingly at 5.0. So, okay, Carlos comes in at 5.0 and Mings is like, wow, what's that all about? I'm at 4.5. It's kind of doing Mings dirty. Mings was hoping to get that Connor Cody bump up to 5.0. So you have so you have Mings, uh, Carlos, Dean and Maddie Cash. Like that's a that's a pretty solid defense. That's really I think so. And so I you were talking about putting Emmy Martinez in your starting eleven a month ago when the game first launched, and I thought, well, you know, diminishing returns. Like I was saying with Jose Sa for Spurs, what you know, what are we getting from Emmy Martinez anymore? But I'm with you. I think that the defensive signings. 
the way this starting lineup, if Dean can remain healthy for a full season, uh, I think could be great. And it kind of elevates Martinez to, I think, a much better pick than he was last season. So I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Emmy Buendia, uh, I just, just judging by the preseason chatter is still kind of on the outside, ready to not quite ready to break through and become a, a James yeah. Madison ask star in the premier league. Yeah. He because, so, he's so good that, that Norwich season, the championship mm-hmm. and just, yeah. yeah. I mean, the potential is there and, and you, you can't say never, but as it's sort of looking right now, Buendia is probably not going to be a safe pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong and to see see him uh, get more minutes under Gerard, but it's it's in question. So, yeah, you mentioned Cash and Dean. So I, I think these are the defenders to go for at 5.0 each. It's kind of like, what do you want? Do you want goals or do you want assists? Yeah. Uh, Cash, Cash delivers. Cash and Dean sounds like a Disney Plus like <laughs> series, doesn't it? Like a yep. like a like a teen like tw- like a tween series or something like that. E- it's either that or what was the what was the Tango and Cash? Tango and Cash, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, great great movie. So uh, was that Kurt Russell and uh, Sylvester Stallone? Maybe. Yeah, you got it right. Okay, I got it right. Uh, I mean, Dean historically is the better pick. Cash came through with four goals and three assists last season. But what we know of Dean from his Everton days is he's just a free kick machine. And uh, if if the attack really gets going, if the strikers really get going for Villa, then Dean could rack up the assists. So I, I don't know. I'm just kind of inclined to favor Dean, assuming he is fit over Cash. That's just sort of a... I think a historical bias here. Yeah. It's a, I guess it's, and we have now two years with Maddie cash. It's like, I don't know. Like it feels like he, he, he did push on a little bit, you know, um, like, I mean, it feels like it just, and again, I'm talking fantasy here. Right. But like mm-hmm. fantasy wise, it felt like he was a little more involved, a little more, uh, a little more valuable, uh, than he was the, his first season there. And maybe that has something to do with the setup. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, there is. It feels like Dean still has like the higher ceiling, right? It's right. just like whether it's a little bit like Brian and Bomo. Like there's just like there's part like you can you can create a story in your head where this guy is like a must own in fantasy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, five million Dean, six million Bomo. You know, like you can see everything clicky and they both do incredibly well, but mm-hmm. more than likely it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. I think mean, like, the guy I want most on Aston Villa is probably Ollie Watkins, but he's unattainable at this point, given the 7.5 million price yeah. tag. He's just like, he is the most in limbo priced yeah. striker in the entire game right now. I think just trying to sort of surmise what am I going to get from this guy versus what I'm paying. And I feel like he's just kind of in a black hole until yeah. we see Villa, do something that's really strong and sustainable. I think this is where the big at the back thing really comes to the fore, right? Because you look at somebody like, like, like Watkins and you see him and he's exactly the same price as Trent Alexander-Arnold, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're like, okay, he's, Ollie Watkins is going to score about as many goals as Trent is going to have assists, right? Uh, Yeah. And, and then, and then Trent is probably going to score, uh, you know, so it's like, he's probably, then Trent's probably going to have, uh, you know, out of this, I'm going to like mess up this comparison, but basically like Trent, Trent's going to Trent, score twice as many points as Ollie Watkins. 
Yeah, that, that's really what it is, right? He's in <laughs> at least like 50% more, right? And because you get goals and you get assists and you get clean sheets. And even if you put Trent down for zero goals this season, which seems unlikely, right? Give him yeah. at least one. Like you still have, he's going to score as many assists as Watkins scores goals. And he's certainly going to have more clean sheets than Watkins has assists, right? <laughs> and so you kind of have like three ways to yeah. get points at Trent and they're the yeah. same price, you know? And so that that is, I think, why, even though yeah. it's fun to have these forwards, unless you're talking about Erling Holland, like you know, he scored, what, like 20 minutes into his debut for Man City yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's like, unless you're talking about a guy who's like an absolute, you know, a Sala, whatever, Holland kind of maniac when it comes to scoring goals. <laughs> it's like, you should probably go with the defender, even though it's slightly less fun because I like watching forwards play because they are at the front of the attack and they shoot on target, you know, and you get to watch these matches and you get like that little kind of for zone of excitement, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, hoping that they're going to score. But yeah, a free zone. I like this. I want to do like an all maniac team. Cause I think like if there's one takeaway from this episode is, maniacs are the only true FPL assets. So if you're looking at your draft and you don't see enough maniacs, you've done it wrong. You've done it incorrectly. That's a good, yeah, I think you, yeah, you need like people who are obsessed with, because I mean, that's the thing, like Amy Martinez, obsessed with maniac. He's a maniac. He's a save (laughs) maniac, right? I mean, anybody who saw that Copa America final a couple of years ago, right? One of the craziest. Thrusting his groin at the crowd. That guy loves it. He lives for this stuff. So you want, you want people like that in your team, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think that's a perfect note to end this, this, this episode on Brandon. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this podcast. We'll be back on Friday from Vegas doing part two of this teams 10 through one get to see us in the flesh uh in that podcast we're doing two nights there so we'll be doing our team previews and then we're actually going to do a game week one preview um after that the next day so uh lots lots of content to come and thank you so much for supporting the podcast if you enjoyed the podcast and you want to say thanks or you want to get some of the features that come from being a patreon supporter go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh it's it always makes our day when a new person becomes a, a Patreon supporter. So um, yeah, patreon.com slash I wish you where you can go. Brendan, do you want to thank our producers? Oh, I'd love to. My favorite part of the pod. Big thanks to our producer supporters, Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy, Chris Howell, to big Gafford, Baba's coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uong, Shiv Joria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, managed by Lasso, Francis Mann, Sam Shower, Jeremy Spiker, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Bulger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, and James Conroy. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at Cheaters. Wherever you get your social media, email hellshooters at gmail.com. All this information and more is available at your fingertips at our website, alwayscheating.com. And one more plug for Fest NYC. Josh and I podcasting live and hanging out with you and introducing you to cool people like Gianni Butici and Mark Southerns and watching matches and kind of just becoming maniacs. And I also want to shout out our friends, FPL Game Week, who are sponsoring uh, the event. FPL Game Week, we will be using their site live um, with all of you present at Fest NYC. More information and to get tickets, go to fest-nyc.com. Josh, how excited are you for this event? 
I mean, I'm extremely excited. And you know what? I think we're going to create a special fest league too, yeah. right? you know, using FPL game week for everyone who was, who was attending that. So I think we already have um, more than 60 people who've already, um, you know, I feel like I've heard like 200 people who said they were going, but I, I know for a fact that we have 60 people who've already actually got their tickets. So make sure you go in and get your tickets soon uh, before they all uh, sell out. All right. Hail cheaters. Poku forever. Talk to you soon, Josh. See you in Las Vegas. See you in Vegas. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.